lights down Hand over my crown Hand over my heart I do this for my town I do this for my crowd So turn me up real loud My time, my time None of you people can tell me to stop Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of MGR Unplugged. We're not going to talk much about GameStop today. Just now that the frenzy um, seems to be kind of tapering down. Where is it at now? Like 60 a share, I think? Uh, GameStop, I don't know. Uh, yesterday went down to 80 or something. I looked. I think I looked this morning. I think it was down to the 60s. I think it's back to normal. Yeah, everything. Um, well, it's not back to normal. It well, was... definitely not back to normal, but back to more realistic numbers. Is it? What is it now? 57 at the wow. time of recording this. So. All right, so we went from uh, 500 that we peaked last week to uh, about 50-something now. But it looks like... Uh, so so you, Mr. Robin Hood, what do you think is going to happen to uh, Robin Hood? Which, by the way, is pretending to go, trying to go public uh, this year at some point. What's going to happen to them? I mean... There's... You think it's going to hurt him? Because I heard actually yes. that it's actually help them more than hurt them that they have much more downloads now um, in the app store than they used to have before. i mean i definitely think it hurt their reputation long term i think that's you know it's very hard to build up trust and it's very easy to lose it yeah and um so they definitely lost a lot of people's trust um now uh the benefit i mean they raised like four billion dollars in a week um which frankly they probably should have raised that money sooner because Clearly, they had liquidity issues, and that's why they had to shut down. Right. Um, and then, I mean, there's going to be lawsuits, but that takes forever, so I have no idea. And proving all kinds of shit and all that stuff. Yeah, so, so I have no idea what's going to happen with that. I mean, they'll probably be fine. I, I'll, I'll be very curious to see what happens with their IPO. Um, but, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, they weren't the only one who did it, who shut down the trading. Right. Um, and it was it was basically a... a compliance thing where they didn't have a choice because they didn't have the liquidity right um so the, the only thing that i think they did differently than other uh brokerages is that they they didn't allow one side of the trade they only allowed the, the selling and not the buying yeah which over other brokerages said okay we're going to halt completely you know gamestop or amc so whatever but they said we don't allow people to buy and then they said well, you can buy one they can buy ten yeah, 20, I mean, they were like trickling into going back to normal. So anyways, we, we, we beat that horse to death uh, last week. And uh, But uh, it's funny how it was like the hot topic last week everywhere. Uh, podcast everywhere, including ourselves, obviously. And then um, this week is like history, you know. It's kind of like... Uh, but speaking of this week, we have a uh, Super Bowl coming this uh, Sunday. Any uh, preferences? Any... Uh, I'm not a huge football guy, so I don't really care who wins. I mean, I, I'll, I'll root for Brady just because... You do? Sure. But, I mean, yeah, Brady is the good story and all that stuff. But uh, realistically, your money on the line, which team No, realistically, think? if you look at the betting line, I think it was like Kansas City by three or something. Oh, really? I didn't look. And uh, I thought that was low. I thought it, I thought it was going to be like Kansas City by six. So if you're a betting man, not that this is betting advice, but I would take... I would take Kansas City because it, I think it was like minus three and a half or something. I think. And I, I thought it would be Kansas City by at least six. My unofficial uh, bet um, is uh, Kansas City by by a touchdown, by seven. Yeah. I'm yeah. probably a high scoring game, maybe like, well, high scoring depending, but maybe like a 35 28 
or something like that. Like like the winner will be in the thirties. Yeah. And and I think Kansas City will be winning by a touchdown. I I love the Brady story and honestly, you know, he's gone way or he's done much more than anybody expected at the beginning of the season. So, but I think uh, Patrick Mahomes is it's kind of good to see that he may win two in a row. And uh, now he's the, the new young star, you know, um, establishing himself. And Brady, well, hey, he's 10 Super Bowl. The interesting Bowl, so. thing is Mahomes is so young. If he already has his second, I think it'll be the same thing. Right. The same age right. as Brady when he got his second. Exactly. So Mahomes really could. Obviously, the big question is that Brady's career has been so fucking long. Right. Like it's, I mean, it's 42, 43? 43. Or 44, I have no I idea. Don't know. He's so old. Obviously, that's an abnormality. Who knows if Mahomes is going to be able to do that. But at least as far as the early career trajectory, Mahomes is already there. And uh, Kansas City is really good. I mean, there's... They're, they're, yeah, but, but at the same time, again, Brady, this is his 10th Super Bowl. And last two weeks ago, he had his 14th championship game. So it's not just Mahomes being a good quarterback... Which you know, I mean, right? But Mahomes there, is but it's also four, and if he wins, no, I understand. Two. But the team, whether he stays always in Kansas City or whatever, the team needs to do well too. So it's not just well, of course. I mean, that's always know, the case, exactly. I mean, so, so I think I, I mean, think, Tampa Bay, Brady is the headline, but really the defense is probably more responsible. Quite frankly, either way, yeah. Either way, this is also the first time that, which I thought that was amazing too. The first time the Super Bowl is played, where one of the Super Bowl teams uh contenders is actually the home team and it happens with tampa bay i mean i i would imagine that in the 55 super bowls that we had so far or we 54 this is the 55th with all the major cities that have hosted the super bowl including cities in california in texas in florida and all these major states and major cities that at some point maybe dallas was hosting their super bowl or any la team or something and it's never happened and i you'd, you'd have never thought that Tampa Bay from all places was going to be hosting the team. Thing, I know so. it's a chance, but when Tampa Bay bid on hosting the Super Bowl and it was awarded to the city, I bet you they never expected their team to be um, basically making it. You know, So that's an interesting factor is up first off. Um, as far as um, you know, commercials and all that stuff, we would probably do a, um, a Super Bowl recap of the commercials review like we did last year, but... Um, I've read that um, major advertisers are pulling out of this year's Super Bowl. In between them, I mean, some of them are uh, Pepsi, um, Coca-Cola too, and uh, Budweiser is not going to have their Budweiser commercial. Some of the brands will be there, but not the famous brand with the Clydesdales and stuff. And uh, some other major advertisers are decided not to do this this year's Super Bowl um, for whatever reason. You know, some of them say that they're going to dedicate the money to do COVID funding and vaccination stuff over companies say, hey, we, want, we have better ways to spend our money these days than 5.5 million for a 30-second spot, I think is the going rate for this year. So um, the other issue, the other one final point for the Super Bowl is attendance. I was kind of curious to see how many people will be able to or will be allowed to go to the stadium. And uh, it turns out that they will allow 25,000 people, which is actually a pretty good crowd. Um, the stadium, um, the Tampa Bay Stadium, is for uh, uh, has a sixty-five thousand capacity, I think. So they think they'll have twenty-five thousand people and about 
um, 30, 35,000 cutouts or whatever to simulate people. And then uh, the rest, obviously, is just uh, media, journalists, families, whatever, you know. But 25,000 people, that's, that's pretty decent. That's a lot. It'll be the lowest Super Bowl attendance in many years, of course. But uh, considering the situation, um, I think it's pretty good. Uh, they, they actually, the, the championship games had a pretty decent attendance, too, as far as having fans in the stands. Yeah. So, I, I don't know what the numbers were, but yeah. I don't remember had... the numbers, but just visually, it looked... It looked pretty good, uh, both in Kansas and, and Kansas City. And uh, um, what was the other game? Uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, enough for the Super Bowl. Um, today's topic actually is nothing related to what we just spent the last 10 minutes talking about. <laughs> We're actually going to uh, talk about Facebook, Google, and advertising. Um, we spent um, last week talking about Amazon techniques and things like that. And I thought... We this before. Uh, the week before, right? Yeah, the last week was mostly game stock. Uh, but um, this week, this is another question that I got at least three times this week as far as advertising on Facebook and, uh, you know, how, how what is the best approach to start a campaign or to get started when you don't have a, an ongoing campaign and all that stuff. And you go through these things all the time. You deal more with, with campaigns yourself. But, uh, um, uh, Basically, the point is that when you do any advertising online, specifically digital marketing like you know Facebook, Instagram, Google Ads, and things like that, you need to be fully committed. You cannot be like half effort or half budget or half time or see if it works or test it. All those things will never work. You cannot enter this race that is ultra competitive right now by giving it like a 50% effort. It's, it's the same thing with any other race. You, you, you cannot go to whatever, Olympics saying I'm going to try or a car race saying oh, I'm going to put this thing together and see how it does. No, either you go full effort and you test it with real racing or real testing conditions or you're better off not going because you're throwing your money away. So when it comes to Facebook and Google, this is actually extremely important that you plan your campaign with a long-term plan and you can test different things, but you cannot test with a handicap from the from the beginning. So uh, let's start with Facebook, for example. Um, and I'm gonna this hand this off to you because you you like I said, you deal with this more on a on a daily basis. But what is the the number one? No, number one, but the number one question I guess that you get all the time from customers as far as when they want to start campaigns or what is the number one or, or the first handicap that you see when with their idea of starting advertising on social media in general? It's always budget and content. Uh, it's people always underestimate both. Basically, uh, it, the budget is very simple. Uh, you need to have like for Facebook, they have what's called their uh, like learning windows and it's typically seven days and it's based on 50 conversions. So whatever your product is, say you have a product that sells for $100, well, you need to sell 50 of that in a week uh, to get out of the learning phase. So that's five grand in that case. Uh, if you have a 2X ROAS, which is to start, which is pretty normal on a broad interest, you're gonna need to spend at least $2,500 a week uh, to get out of the learning phase, basically. Um, and I think a lot of people, it depends, it depends, honestly, uh, some people get it. Some people know, okay, yeah, I need to invest 
the right amount of money up front. But I think some people, and again, I blame honestly a lot of this on the stupid fucking gurus and yes. fake bullshit that is out there. Yeah. They say, oh, you know, spend uh, you right. know, ten bucks a day right. and turn it in. It's like that is. I mean, maybe in 2015 that worked, but that doesn't Not work even in 2015. That worked in the beginning. Uh, before that worked before Facebook realized, okay, we need to be serious about advertising and stop doing the uh, old transition the serious advertisers from the bush to dispose to put them box or whatever to yeah. actually set up a business manager account set up an ad account and start running your campaigns like like google ads did or adwords back then you know from from the very beginning so but and then also content mm -hmm. uh, people always underestimate the amount of content you need because first of all it's it's a, it's a, it's kind of a crapshoot. Like you don't always know what content's gonna work. A lot of times, something you think that's gonna hit out, <clears throat> hit it out of the park, totally fails. And then the thing that you kind of just threw together, all of a sudden, does amazing, right? So you really, it's really hard to guess what content's gonna work. But you have to kind of assume two thirds of all the content you put in your ads is probably not gonna work. Um, and so. But then the th one third that does work, a lot of times it works for a time and then it gets saturated and then it stops working. Mm -hmm. You know, like some content, it's, it's funny, like you might have a piece of content where it works at a certain budget. Like say you have a certain ad um, or, or a few variations of a certain type of ad and uh, you're spending whatever, a hundred bucks a day and it's working really well. But then you're like, okay, so this is working. Let's try to scale it up. But then as you scale it up, right, you, it just drops off. Right. You know, some some pieces of content will scale up. There, I mean, I've seen some pieces of content where people literally spend over a million dollars advertising that one piece of content, and it scales all the way. And I've seen others where you go from 100 a day to 200 a day, and immediately it just drops off. So these things are very hard. You can't predict it. I mean, you can try, but you can't predict it. So the answer is to always have more content and to right. always be refreshing your content. Um, I would say that for every, I mean, it depends on your budget, obviously, but I would say uh, for every thousand dollars you spend, you should have at least five to ten pieces of content right and there's one concept that we know very well that is called ad fatigue or advertising fatigue whatever which is when you show the same ad over and over and over to the same people to your audience your selected audience some people just get tired of seeing that ad you know and it happens on tv too when you see the same commercial like over and over finally you you almost develop this kind of uh, resistance to that particular brand because they have the same ad forever 20 times in between a football game or a movie or whatever yeah. and you're tired of watching the same ad you know so and the same thing happens on on you know on internet marketing where you have social media whatever you're scrolling up on instagram you see the same ad what advertisers are realizing now is that even if you're advertising the same product or the same service you need to have a variety of ads that are rotating so the person sees the same message with different visuals so they don't get this kind of fatigue and negative uh, feeling about your your brand basically but i wanted to go get back a little bit to the um, to the learning phase because i think that's the critical part that a lot of people just don't don't know basically i don't think that it's not about not understanding is that not knowing how that works and if we backtrack a little bit to 
when um, advertising started on Facebook and, and Google and all that stuff, he was basically, this is pre-AI algorithms and all that stuff. You basically put your ad and then it was more of a shotgun. You show it to everybody and all that and see, you know, what sticks or what doesn't stick. You know, kind of like a billboard effect. You put it on the freeway and just show it to traffic. Um, when you started targeting advertising much more, then you start selecting your audience much more carefully of who you're going to present that ad to, which is where we can do now very, very accurately with, with either of the platforms. But the learning phase is critical because it's one of those catch-22 situations where, like you said, Facebook has a seven-day, um, a 50-event learning phase, the event meaning uh, whatever event you, you, you select for your for your campaign, whether it's conversions, downloads, click-throughs, whatever. Um, normally for us it's conversions, which means either you buy or you book or do something. Um, so, but that's within your, your conversion window, which by default is seven days. So, so you need to reach 50 conversions, let's just say in a seven day window, which in turn, I mean, if, if you don't invest enough money for your first week, then you're and never by the way, that's per ad set. Per ad, yeah, exactly. Per ad set. Exactly. So if and you have five ad sets, right? Basically, like say say you're running, if you're just starting out, right? You have uh, like like super basic. Say you just have two campaigns with two ad sets in each, and you have four ad sets. Well, those each need fifty conversions, so you need to get two hundred conversions. Mm -hmm. So if you're like I said, your average price is a hundred dollars. Right. Well, then you need 200 conversions, and which is $20,000 at a 2x ROAS. That means you need to be spending $10,000 a week. And, and an ad set is the, in, for Facebook is the equivalent of the ad group for Google Ads. So, but back to that, so, so you have seven days to create um, for a single ad set, you know, 50 conversions. And if you start with little money, you're never going to get there because what happens is that your ads, either they stop running because you run out of budget through the day. Let's say that you put only $1,000 a month and you basically divide that to about $30, $32 a day. Okay, you're uh, in the learning phase, you're actually paying more. I mean, it's, it's publicly known that during the learning phase, Facebook is also learning. That's what it's called learning phase. It's because their own algorithm is learning which audience will be more receptive to those ads. So they're also doing this kind of shotgun thing where they start showing the ads a lot and seeing which one performs better. So which for the advertiser, it means a, you're spending more money and your conversion rate is lower. So basically you're paying more for the normal ad that you will pay once the campaign is fine-tuned down the road. So when you factor in the fact that you're paying more for the advertising in the first, you know, a few days or a few weeks, and then you have a, if your budget runs out, your ads are not showing, therefore you have fewer impressions, conversions and everything, then you never get to those 50 events or 50 conversions in our case. Therefore, and that's actually without making any changes. If you realize three days into the campaign that you say, oh, I need to make this change or I made to make a significant change that Facebook is very vague about what that means, then you start from zero again. You start that count from zero. So so there's we, we have clients that because they don't have enough budget, they never get out of the learning phase, which means that they are always paying more for less, which is the opposite that you want to do. You want to pay less for more but they are actually paying more for each impression, for each conversion and everything, and getting uh, less conversion rate because they are always in this learning phase uh, where, where they never get out of it. And then Facebook says, okay, we know pretty much what you're selling. We know your audience. We think we have this thing pretty much figured out with our AI uh, algorithms. 
now we're gonna make your campaign you know uh, perform really well and that's when you find two things you know so that's the important thing with this face with, with the face so with the learning phase for for Facebook now Google has the same thing and um, and they have more of a, a time window Google basically says more like 14 days and they don't go by events like Facebook does um, Google has a different obviously it's, uh, it's more um, um, intent-based campaigns so so they go a little differently but they also have their own learning phase which means that uh, you need to give the campaigns a little more time to to grow to develop to establish the foundation and everything so that's that's the thing that I think um, you know is the biggest challenge for for advertisers you know understanding that you know like the other day I got Actually, this week I got two, two or three requests from clients saying, "Hey, can we run this quick campaign for like three, four weeks?" And I'm like, first of all, we don't do that. We don't run campaigns for three, two weeks, three or four weeks for for clients that don't have already established thing. Now, you have a campaign that is ongoing and it's already doing well. We already have everything for you, and you say, "I want to promote this particular event or product for two, three weeks." You know, for you know, like Valentine's is coming or something. That's a whole different story. But when you have nothing. And then you want to create something that you want to do well for two, three weeks. It's like you're wasting your money, you know, as far as doing it that you're throwing money away, you're going to get nothing. Yeah, you're going to get impressions, very top of the funnel, whatever, but you're not going to get any conversions. So if that's what you want and you just want to spend a couple thousand bucks in a month or something and, and advertise this and get a lot of impressions that really give you no return, it's your money, you know. But as an agency, we need to recommend the clients if you have $2,000 only and you only have two weeks or three weeks, maybe there's another way that we can advertise this better. Maybe we can do email marketing. You have a good list with special offer to past clients. Maybe we can do something depending on the situation, you know. But definitely social media today is not made for short campaigns, you know. No. I, mean, I think honestly, I think a lot of people are just completely throwing their money away on Facebook because they have no idea what they're doing. Well, well, that's the thing. That's the that's the challenge, and that's the whole purpose of this of this conversation, so that we can we can tell people, convince people out there, and clients, or, or anybody listening, that that's the long term commitment. And you you cannot think of one month or two months, and then uh, you know it's like it's like I mean we like sports and everything. You can judge a league by the first two games. You know if if it's a 80 game league or whatever then you need to see how you're doing and then you may take a mid-season or half-season assessment or you know you can have an idea where you need to prove but you cannot judge by the first two or three games or just take a little thing in isolation and when it comes to marketing is is really understanding how you know I, I can give you tons of analogies but you don't become a master graduate in the first semester or in the first quarter you need to basically keep learning and learning and you'd have a long-term commitment saying i'm going to study this thing for four years and get my my degree so in a campaign you need to allow the systems to learn and not just the systems also the agencies or yourself whoever is running the campaign to see what is doing better and we actually we i keep saying that we day trade these campaigns i mean you spend Every day, obviously, monitoring campaigns. I do the same thing at a different level. Yeah, but, but you know, actually, I mean, you do and you don't because a lot of times the mistake people make too is they. There's too many changes, right? They're changing shit every day. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying you, you can't do that. No, I'm not saying making changes. I mean, but it I, depends. If you're spending, you know, it depends on what you're spending. Yeah, if you're spending 10 grand a day, okay, yeah, you have plenty of data to see 
we can make changes every day. But if you're if you're not spending a lot, then don't make changes every day. No, I'm not saying as, as like, far as making changes to the a, ads. A, ru- a rule of thumb I always give for anybody is um, when you're testing a new ad, for example, mm-hmm. uh, or a variation of a new ad, is you want to spend at least, I mean, the very, very, very minimum what a conversion is. So if you if your conversion value is a hundred dollars, then spend at least a hundred dollars on that ad before you make a decision. Ideally, twice as much, um, because a lot of times, especially when you first launch an ad, again, because Facebook is learning, uh, it's not going to convert well. And maybe you spend a hundred dollars and you get no conversions, but then by the time you spend two hundred dollars, you got three conversions. You know, so right. a good rule of thumb is spend double whatever your average order value is on that ad. Um, and so the problem is if you have, say you're testing five new ads, right? And uh, you should spend at least 100 to $200 on each ad before you make a judgment, but then you spend 50 bucks on each and you're all of a sudden like, oh, I don't have conversions yet. I'm gonna turn these off, I'm gonna change them. I'm gonna do- you shouldn't do that. Because right. you're judging on too small of data, you don't know. No, what what I meant by uh, by day trading, I don't mean about making like we said, we don't we don't make radical changes to the ads because then you basically it's like for, for Facebook or, or Google is like creating a brand new ad and then they start learning again. Is they basically put you under review and blah blah, blah and all that stuff. So you it's it just you delay the process basically. So what I'm talking is like you can monitor, for example the um, the ad spend or the budget that you put for that ad and you see what the the, uh, the competitive rank is compared to similar ads and you say well maybe I need to up my bid by 20% to be more competitive so my ad is showing but I'm gonna make it more competitive or you know things like that so um, on the on the AdWords side that is actually very common that you just more supply and demand or just like like stock market and then sometimes you say um, <clears throat> I'm going to increase the uh, the campaign um, minimum bid or top of the page or whatever, you know, just basically the, the competitive rank. And then because you, you have in with Google, you have basically the uh, you can compare by uh, rank by the page value. Basically, is your is your landing pages, you know, how much it counts, how much is, is valuable for Google or just basically how you compare to similar ads that are promoting similar offers. So you can increase your bid to be more competitive and that's what you do. You kind of trade and say, okay, it's worth it for me to put more money into the campaign, maybe for a week or something. But the ads themselves, you, you want to leave alone for a while, like you said, so so you don't make any significant changes. But um, so practically speaking, if, if you have a, you know, which you do, you have a client that is saying, okay, well, I have a new product and we see this every day. I have a new store that I just launched. I have a new product and now I'm ready to start doing marketing. Well, let's just say, I know we do marketing on Amazon and other stuff, but let's just say that we're gonna do marketing on Facebook. What is your, what would be the recommendation for this client as much as, as far as how much to spend, for how long the commitment or, or how, how do you explain to clients, you know, what the commitment should be or what the spend should be for, for a, a new campaign it depends i mean it depends on so many things is facebook the only marketing they're doing do they have other marketing channels uh do they have uh i mean what are their expectations is their goal to grow massively and they don't care about losing money in the beginning or are they totally bootstrapped and no we need to be like at least break even or profitable from day one. I mean, th- there's a lot of different factors. Well, you just mentioned one thing. If you are bootstrapped, meaning you're 
just spending as little as possible to keep bootstrap doesn't mean spend as little as possible bootstrap just means you really need to maximize each dollar right so some companies have a lot of money whether they raise money whatever and they say we don't care we'll lose money we just want to grow quickly when we want to grow revenues even if it means we're losing on the profit side right obviously if you're bootstrapped and you don't have a ton of money in the bank then you say okay we're we're okay growing slower if that means we're profitable from day one right or at least profitable from within a few months right so all right let me let me get a more a more specific question so so if a client says i've allocated five thousand to marketing which is a small client or whatever they sell i've allocated five thousand a month to advertising spend and they say I don't know what's best for me. Uh, let's say that, I mean, they can say, you guys decide what to do if it's Google Ads or Depends Facebook on or the product. Right. Uh, I mean, 5,000 a month, you can do Facebook for 5,000 a month. Um, it's just that, um, you, you need to be able to, you need to be doing a lot on the organic side too. If you're spending five thousand a month, um, and you need to organic be organic on Facebook or organic as far as search engine? Um, no, organic like yeah, like Instagram, Facebook, um, website content, uh, yeah, like the whole thing basically. Trying to uh, maximize your non-paid spend because mm-hmm. um, you either have time or money basically. Right. So if you don't have money, you better be spending your time trying to maximize other channels, mm-hmm. you know, and then also. If you have five thousand a month, you better be maximizing the hell out of your email marketing, potentially SMS marketing, all the other things that are based on the retention uh, or they're getting repeat customers, things mm-hmm. like that. Because that's where you're gonna get the most bang for your buck, and especially if you're on a limited budget, that's what's gonna do best. Um, but yeah, I mean, five thousand a month is enough where you can test to see, like, if you have a new product and a new brand where you can get an idea of, is this gonna work? Is this gonna get traction? Now, 5,000 a month isn't gonna turn you into a million dollar brand, but no, it's, it's gonna get you, But it's like, gonna be enough to where you can say, is there potentially demand for this product and this brand? Like like for me, for a small client, like, you know, I'm not talking to major advertisers and major campaigns and all that stuff, but the small client that we deal with a lot, that the, the, the company that, or individual that started like a store, or Shopify or whatever, and then they want to start advertising and selling their products, and they say, okay, I can put together maybe 5,000 a month or something. I actually tell them, let's try, like you said, depending on what they're selling, let's say that they sell something that is a good product to sell or to promote on Facebook and Instagram, basically social media versus uh, search engines. So I don't want to split the campaign. Like like they say, oh, well, maybe we can put 2,000 into Google and 2,000 is like, okay, you're basically spreading no, the whole thing. No, we not do that. Exactly, exactly. It's like, it's better to put more effort into if your product is a more, um, a product that is more uh, suitable or suited to be promoted via social media, then let's put all the money there. Let's, let's run a proper campaign for a long term. Maybe it's at least 69 days that we can do some good testing with that money and I was, there, like I said, versus splitting the budget and saying, oh, we're going to put $2,000 on that. When AdWords you have limited that. budget, you need to make sure, because the last thing you want is to spend a bunch of money on Facebook, 
but then your website's shit. Oh yeah, and absolutely. You, and it's not converting. Right. Or maybe you have a good website, but you're not maximizing on your email marketing. You're not maximizing, like all those things that you have much more control over that are much cheaper, uh, you should maximize, right? So anything that is like, because the thing with Facebook is, yeah, it can be a money pit. Now it can be a good money pit as in it's basically multiplying, right? If you're getting a, if, you're, if you, every dollar you put into Facebook, you get three or four, that's awesome. But in the beginning, it takes time to build up and it's going to take time, especially when you have a new brand and a new product with no traction. So you have no idea because the problem is too, when you have a new brand and, and product, you don't always even know who the customer is. Like you can kind of, you try to guess right. who the gust customer is, but a lot of times, I mean, with our, with, I mean, I run ads all the time. It's like, I'm, I'm like shocked who the customer for a certain product is, right? I mean, it'll be a product where it, it's like male focused, but then half the customers are women buying it maybe for a man or something, you know, and you wouldn't necessarily expect that. Things like that. So you don't always know who the customer is. Right. Um, and so the problem is when you have that limited budget in the beginning, it's like, it, basically, it, it, it's, it's like you need 100,000 pieces of data and you're starting from zero and you need to build mm -hmm. up all that data and you have none of it. And so you're, you're, you're spending money to gather that data. Um, but what you can maximize is your website, your email marketing, your customer service, all the other little things mm -hmm. that make a big difference. Um, and then when you do those things and obviously the product itself, the brand itself needs to be high quality. Um, when you maximize all those things, first of all, hopefully you'll get more organic sales, word of mouth, people sharing you. Um, and then if you do more organic content, that will help too. And that's free. That's your time, but that's free. This is what you have to do if you're on a limited budget. I mean, if you're on a limited mm -hmm. budget, you have to do everything you can to maximize the things that don't cost you money, or at least are very cheap. Mm -hmm. You know, email marketing is pretty cheap for what it is. You know? Yeah, cost per unit on email marketing is, is the most cost effective, right. obviously. It, it pretty much costs the same way, the same money. Whether you can you set up a Clavio account for free, set right. up your email marketing, and then they only charge you based on the it's emails you, uh, you have. So when you right. start out, it's very and, cheap, and, and then it only gets more expensive the more customers you have. And it's the same cost whether you, know? you send it to 500 or 5,000 or whatever. Well, so no, it, it, go, it increases, but it's... But, no, but well, when you have 5,000 customers in your database, that's obviously it's good because that means you have 5,000 customers. Right. Basically. No, but I'm saying that, like, for example, with constant contact, you, you, you pay by the number of people in your database, but you don't pay right. per email sent. No, no, no. Yeah. So, right. so you can send 10 emails a month, you're 50,000 people in your database, and you don't pay any more than you send right. one email. You know, so, so uh, at the end of the day, at the end of the right, month. Right, but I'm saying comparatively... I forget Clavio's pricing, but it's like yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. You pay by the size of the database. You pay like a hundred bucks a month or whatever for a few thousand people, whereas yeah. on Facebook you you need to spend at least like a few grand a month, right? Yeah, right so right. it's just much cheaper. Yeah, email marketing is is uh, is uh, the most cost effective. Is the form of I mean, obviously that's a whole conversation about email marketing because you cannot just basically just send it to everybody. You need to segment your your list and everything. So the message is basically yeah, if you have limited bu budget, you gotta hustle because. You can't, it's, it's like if I'm like a, trying to start a car company and I'm competing with these car companies who have hundred million dollar ad budgets and I don't have that, but then I try to compete with them with commercials. Right. That's not the way to do it. Like right. the way Tesla was able to compete with Mercedes 
when Tesla doesn't spend a dime on ads isn't by making fucking commercials. You right. know, they did other things. And so you have to do other things, right? If you can't expect to compete with the brand that's spending a million dollars a month on Facebook ads when your budget is five grand a month. It's just, it's never gonna no, happen. No, it's not a competitive, it's not So a, you have to even. hustle and find your own but thing. But this is one thing that I think smaller companies or working with agencies that are more on top of their advertising versus the major agencies that is more of a study because they have such a, a huge budget they say okay we're going to put this campaign with this much money uh basically all over the place 24 7 uh, let it run and it's going to spend a million dollars a month like you said and there's tons of those whether you go to youtube google ads uh, facebook or whatever but at the same time those campaigns are wasting a lot of money now with the bigger advertisers they think that's part of the expenses, you know? Yeah, but at the same time, when you have budget that big, it's... Right. It's hard, you can't, it's more about just basically building the brand right. than it is like direct conversions. Exactly, when you have budget exactly. That you have more branding versus selling and top of the funnel versus... Right, when you're, when you're so spending forth. a million a month exactly. and you can afford that, uh, that's my point. Like you're just with, building the brand. When you're spending five grand, you're like, no, 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 I need sales from this five grand. Right, and with a smaller budget, these are things that we actually do and I recommend always to do to clients. First of all, I always ask him, let's start with a two or three major metro areas. We're not going to start doing this campaign nationwide. Let's just focus. Uh, not for Facebook, though. No, I... It depends, it depends what the product is. Yes. So, but for Facebook, no, actually, you know, the funny thing, especially over the last year, one of the interesting things with Facebook, some of the best performing campaigns are literally, I don't put any interests. I just put uh, men aged 20 to 50, and let the ads run and that's it and a lot of times those will work better than when i try to do specific interest based on the products because facebook's algorithm has gotten really really good no so but that broad interest targeting no no, no but i'll do all across the us i'm not going to do like i don't know if i agree with that i mean if you have a limited budget and, and i agree with that i mean you when you start a campaign you say i'm going to start pretty broad and and say okay i'm going to have not just men. I can say men and women. Yeah, from, or sometimes I don't even do 30, gender. Sometimes I literally would just do like... Well, I don't know. I mean... No, it depends uh, on the product, but it's like sometimes I'll, li I'll literally do like 20 to 60 and just let it run. And that's the only... And it works better than an ad that I try to hyper-target the, the interest. But to me, there's all the factors. For example, if I have a new e-commerce client that is not used to... Again, like we discussed, they just launch a store or something and they're not used to having this kind of volume and they don't want to be completely overwhelmed and shipping far or whatever. So if they live in a major city, let's say that we launch a store for a company that is in our city, in, in the Phoenix area, Scottsdale, Tempe, Phoenix, and so forth. And uh, you can start up a campaign that says, okay, you feel comfortable shipping to Phoenix. If you get tomorrow 100 orders, you're not going to be completely overwhelmed. Your first impression is, is the most important one when it comes to a new product and a new order. So if you don't deliver on time, the customer is going to be pissed off because right now you're competing with the Amazons of the world, which is only one, by the way, that delivers the same day sometimes, especially here in Phoenix. So if you, if you get an order from a client or prospective or new client and you don't deliver that in the two days or one day or whatever window you promised because you internally were overwhelmed with the fulfillment process, then that's a customer you probably have lost right at first purchase. So looking at that part, I yeah, say- Yeah, but that's, you just have to make set expectations. No, talking, no it's, a real, it's a real issue for, for smaller businesses. Yeah, of course, but you start. have to set expectations, but that isn't really geographic. I mean, well, shipping, 
No, I mean it is it is a fact. I know because when you ship, when you start shipping to other places, you have the window narrows quickly. Then you have more factors. You have to do the the shippers and other stuff. When you ship in your geo area and your geographic area, sometimes you have like uh, you can deliver yourself. You can do. I mean, a lot of people do that stuff. You have yeah, you have local does. delivery, local pickups. You th- you have a lot of options that you don't have. You're shipping a product from Phoenix to New York. And then you have a lot of kind of delays or things or tracking some things that you need to put into your shipping thing. So, and especially the budget. I mean, just geographically for me, if you have whatever is, whether you go by CPMs or by click-through rates or by cost per conversion or whatever, and you have, let's say, $5,000, you know, let's say that you have, um, uh, you know, almost $100 a day in advertising, you know, or 150 or something like that. And then um, you spend those 150 in a certain metro area with five, six million people potentially being your market, you know, you're going to learn much. Thing, fa- when you have a new product, you don't know who your market is. That's what I'm saying. Like a lot of times you have no idea who your market is. So the best way to do it is actually to go broad and then Facebook will tell you because then you can go in the analytics and see who's buying your products. And maybe fucking um, men in Wisconsin is actually like your best market. And then you can be more hyper targeted. But I'm telling you, it's it's trust the algorithm the algorithm is smarter than you it's like an ego thing where before i would always uh, think i'm better than the algorithm no trust me i don't, I don't care how smart you are facebook's algorithm is smarter than you i i of course i know the algorithm is smarter than us and than any person that's why they are artificial intelligence but i'm telling you obviously maybe you have a product in mind i have a different product in mind while discussing this but give me a product okay I mean, a food product, for example. And this is something that is a real example. I mean, we're setting up a campaign in, uh, this is not even in our country, it's in, in Spain for yeah, this Yeah, it's case. different if you have a food product where they're trying to be local. But if you have a generic food product, like a snack product, I advertise that nationally. I have snack products and I advertise them nationally. I don't advertise them in certain geographic areas. For uh, No, you expand, but you start from the beginning nationally? Yeah. I wouldn't do that. My I wouldn't do that myself. Yeah, if, you if don't I, run Facebook ads. I'm no, no, no. I've run Facebook ads, but many times. Yeah. But I run the Facebook ads for okay, most of our David, company. Okay, David. But let me ask you, you: If that you have a you have a sample, a, a major metro area with like ten million people, it's a pretty good sampling. If you are in LA and you advertise something in LA that is a food product that persons in LA will buy just as much as people in New York, and you start advertising to let's say combined 60 million people between New York and LA versus 20 or whatever only, your ad cost is going to basically be what we said before, that you ran out of budget before you get out of the learning phase just because But that doesn't matter whether you're you're targeting just LA or the whole thing. It's based on conversions. It has nothing to do with geographic area. Yes. Well, it has to do with how many people people are clicking on your ads and your conversion. Clicking on your ads is costing you money, which is... Right, but running ads just for people in one city versus running ads... Again, if it's a product that's targeted for people in a certain area... Fine. No, I'm but if it's more it. of a general market product, then why would you limit it? I will limit it so I can run the ads longer. Okay. But you can't run the ads longer. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Okay. If Facebook is costing me, um, Facebook goes by CPM, so they right. don't give a fuck if you're advertising nationally or to one city. It's just CPM. Uh, but exactly, That's CPM it. is cost per mil. Okay, that's yeah. per thousand impressions. Okay. So if I have, 
if I target the entire United States, just to give you an example, 350 million, 330 million people or whatever people are on Facebook. Okay, I'm going to run through my impressions this fast. Okay, which means that my ads with my daily budget, if it's 100 bucks or whatever money I have, are going to start running by noon. And that happens everywhere. I don't care if it's, if it's AdWords or whatever. Mm. If I have a... No, but it's, that's yeah, going to happen. David, it's pure math, okay? No, it's if not. I, <laughs> if, I, if I go and I start dude, dude, throwing dude. these things... If you have a... Uh, you're talking like... I'm talking a limited budget. I'm talking... Yeah, a, exactly. So it, right. if you're targeting 30 million people or 200 million people doesn't matter you're gonna run through your budget anyways no. facebook's gonna spend your money dude trust me they're not gonna okay, they're gonna David, spend but your that's money. what we're trying to dis discern that's the thing that i wanted to coordinate with you because if if i only have a client that has 150 dollars a day and that's a big stretch for them and they say okay well 150 dollars a day 50 dollars a day and let's say my click through my com my cost per conversion with facebook does okay they have that cost and right now we're about 25 or something for conversion rates okay so I'm going to have maybe uh, at 150, I'm going to have maybe 100 conversions, okay? To which means that at 100 conversions, I need to have X amount of impressions to get the click-through rate and then get to that maybe 1%, 2% conversion rate or whatever the conversion rate is. So if I start using these impressions and all the funnel with a huge funnel, I'm going to run out of budget by noon. And we see that every day. I don't care if it's Facebook or Google Ads or whatever. But you're going to run out because of even budget. Google, but you're going to run out of budget whether you no, do it in a local area. No, not if I'm targeting an audience that is... Or a, or a larger area. No, not if I'm targeting mm -hmm. an audience that is 6 million people versus 60 million people. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna be able to bombard. But those six how do you know that that six million people okay, well, are the best people? Well, because you don't. No, because I'm starting with a pretty good demographic sampling of a metro area. I'm not starting in a village. I'm starting in a major metro area like in Phoenix, Scottsdale, Arizona, whatever. You have people that are pretty much from all over the nation. They come here from all over, snowbirds, whatever. And then we have a pretty much all demographic, all income levels, men, women, kids, whatever. If your goal so, is to build your brand in the Phoenix area first, and then you want to expand or whatever, and that's your strategy is to be more geographic, fine, you can no, do that. No, my strategy is but, to... But, but, but that's just one strategy. Is what I'm saying. No, oh, well, I I don't agree. I mean, maybe you have a different product in mind too, and, and that's I'm what we're not disagreeing. Mass market products. So anything that's like basically a large percentage of the population may be interested in this product. Okay. Well, I'll tell that's you that a I, not not a niche product. No, basically. but it could be. It could be. No, so if I had like a, if I had like for example like a surfing product. Okay. Then I'm going to target yeah, people. Yeah, you're going to sell it to fucking people in Nebraska. Right, know? right. But even then, maybe I still do, but I just only target people who are interested in the product and who go on vacation a lot to Florida or whatever. Right. But so, yeah, if I have a more niche product, then I'll do more geographic. But like I said, you say food product. If I have like a snack type product, people eat snacks, whether they're in Phoenix or Colorado or New York or the fuck. So I'm gonna advertise broad, and then I'm gonna and I'm gonna let the algorithm do its thing, and then I can look at the analytics in the algorithm, and then I can build audiences based off of that. Okay, so let me go back to a learning phase. So we just discussed that one of the issues with the budget is that you run out of the learning phase so quickly that you never pass the learning phase because you need to have 50 events or whatever in a week and all that stuff, whatever your events are. So when you show the product if i have an audience of 100 people and i say this and i have a personal thing and i tell them and in the person comes to my store they just go a little small 
and I can sell them something. Okay, hold on. You have a store? No, 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 no. I'm just giving you an analogy. Okay. okay. Yeah, if you have retail have a, stores, I don't have a, a store. Total no, 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 no. Forget that I said the retail store. I'm okay. saying that right. I'm comparing the traditional retail store selling with the online selling. Okay. People never buy. And the numbers are there. The first time they see an ad, there's like multiple touch points before they buy something, okay? And they even had to see the ad like three, four, five, ten times the average before they actually buy, okay? Yeah. So you show it to all these people, and you basically have a CPM, as you said. You have a click-through rate. You have a conversion rate. I can pull you the numbers because I have it right here and tell you that when Facebook is charging you now um, a buck twenty-five average, okay, depending on your category and all that stuff. But let's just say that it's a dollar twenty-five, a dollar thirty per conversion, which means in your case, you're selling something. Okay, and you spend $150 a day, which is the person, the client that has $4,500, $5,000 a month. A thirty a conversion. Huh? How much is the cost of the product? Uh, it doesn't matter. I'm just basically, I'm, I'm, whatever is, you say a snack, a snack could be four or five bucks for a well, pack no, of mean, this, or it could be a gourmet product that costs $20. It doesn't matter. What I'm saying is that the conversion rate is 125. The, the cost per conversion, okay? No, not conversion rate, not conversion no, cost. No, no, the, the the click on on the Facebook cost, not your cost per conversion. Your cost per conversion could be depending on how many you sell. You know, depending on, on your advertising. But what I'm saying is that is is very logical math when you try to advertise to so many people and you have many more impressions. 300 million impressions potentially versus 3 million, obviously you're gonna run out of those, that budget that you have per day, much faster than you're gonna run if you limit the geographic area. I mean, that's just logical stuff, right? No, you say it, CPM. No, actually it's the opposite because your CPM is gonna be more expensive. The more you limit uh, who you can advertise to, the more expensive the CPM gets. So when I do uh, very targeted campaigns, a lot of times on Facebook, I'll get a $40 CPM. No, if I do broad, CPM, I'll, do, I'll get a 15 No, the CPM doesn't change if you target basically everybody in a geographic yeah, it does. area. No, it doesn't that much. Yes, it does. I mean, does. you can see when you, when you see the thing. Dude, I, uh, yes, it does. Okay, well, I don't know. With Google, it Certain doesn't Certain geographic doesn't areas, if I want to target Manhattan, that is more expensive than other geographic areas. I mean, I can tell you that right now. Because people in Manhattan have more money. No, but that's uh, well. I understand that you're, you're basically targeting one city. But by that log by that logic, why advertising something in Manhattan when you want to start advertising in Phoenix? Why add that expensive? No, CPM? I'm giving you an example. Well, say, I know. I'll give you say the, you're the based same. out of say you're based out of New York instead of Phoenix, and you say, okay, I'm just going to advertise in Manhattan. That's more expensive. Okay, if that's your market. That's your market. But if you, you what I'm saying is you select a test market. Whichever is a, is a good representative market. Maybe you're in New York and you say my product, I want to test it in Los Angeles first. Or maybe you're in Phoenix and you say I want to test it in, in Los Angeles or in Phoenix metro area first. But like you said, why spend more CPM advertising something in Manhattan that is going to skew your results worse because it's not Manhattan doesn't represent the country versus advertising something that is a product for the masses in a city that is more any town USA that you can advertise and get a pretty good advertising. It's basically, it's like a focus group. What do you say? It's the same thing that you do with a focus yeah, but, group, uh, but you do a focus group in advertising. I, you're just limiting yourself. You well, don't know. Okay. Maybe, maybe in a certain city, they don't care about a certain <laughs> but thing. But David, we're starting with the premise that you have a limited budget. Again, but the budget's going to, if you have a limited budget, if you're advertising to 10 million people or 100 million people, 
it's gonna spend your budget either okay, way. Okay, so so let it's me. About uh, the, it's about the conversions. I, well, That's what you care I about. I understand. But and so you don't know. You don't know who's gonna want your product more or not. So that's what I'm saying. When you have no idea, when you're starting out with a brand new product or brand, the best strategy is actually to go broad and then t look at what the data tells you. Don't try to don't try to outsmart the algorithm. That's what I'm saying. No, I'm not trying to smart the algorithm, but I'm also not trying to pay for money that is basically throwing flyers in the middle of nowhere. You're not I mean, really, flyers in the middle of nowhere. Yes, yes, that's what you're doing. You're showering. It's like you have a plane throwing leaflets Dude, like they used to do in World War II. everywhere in the yes, country. Yes, they do. They do, David. But if you don't limit geographically and you say, I'm going to spend just as much showing to a person in, in you know, Kingman, Arizona as a Scottsdale, that's, uh, to me, that's a whole first different all, geographic. First of all, you don't. First of all, CPMs vary. But then second of all, you have no idea. Maybe the person in the middle of nowhere converts three times as often as the person in the city. So you have no idea. Well, I have a pretty decent idea that if if uh, if Tesla was going advertising and they can pinpoint it, then I'm going to go to uh, Kingman, Arizona or Jerome to sell a Tesla versus going to a Newport Beach. Okay. Again, I mean, I, I understand that. But also, that. the algorithm knows that, right? So the Facebook, the reason why I say it's smarter, well, it's smarter than not you. Not if you tell the algorithm, I want this everywhere in the USA. They're yeah, but the algorithm gonna isn't going to give it to everybody. Well, in the beginning, it will. And then it's going to find who's actually interested, okay? Yes. It's going to find who's actually interested. But it's going to be serving the ass to people that are because you didn't limit the algorithm. It's like, it, by, by that, by that but thing... But you just advertise into a city. The majority of people in a city probably don't give a shit. You're just doing it at a higher level. No, I understand, David. But, okay, let me move on from this. Let's because, move on from it. No, no, no. We disagree, fine. We, we definitely disagree. But the, but the thing is, and this is something that I discuss all the time with, with actually other experts that do this for a living too, like people at Warstream and other stuff that we work with all the time. And, you know, when, in situations where we have a limited campaign or limited budget from the client, we say, okay, well, how can we maximize the, the, the budget? Okay. Yeah, but that's on Google. That's different. Google's no, no, very no. different from Facebook. No, it doesn't matter. But Facebook has the same things. Facebook copied Google to begin with. Facebook yeah, no, knew nothing Facebook's, about advertising compared to Google. Yeah, but it's totally different because Google's okay, based on but some, intent. Some of the Facebook's fundamentals. based on demand. Okay, David, but some of the fundamentals are the same. Okay. Well, Some, but a lot are not. Okay. Well, search ads are very different than demand generation no, ads. No, you have search ads. You have basically the same, you know, uh, display ads. You have a lot of things. So let's, let me I'll give you another example. One of the ways that we sometimes try to maximize the budget is try to find the best times of the day to serve those ads. Okay. Sure. So, okay. So we sure. can say it doesn't matter if you're serving the ad out to a person at three in the morning when that person at three in the morning is browsing the internet or whatever and it's not going to buy anything. So uh, we say, okay, we're not going to serve this particular ad anywhere that is after 10 p.m. and before 5 a.m. Okay, so we avoid impressions and fumble clicks or whatever from people that have insomnia that are there looking at something and then they click on an ad or something. That's one way that we decrease it. Another way is basically doing also like, like we'll limit the places where we put the ads or we'll limit maybe the days of the week. If it's a product that people on a weekend will probably not be looking for and they look during the day or maybe they prefer to look for that particular thing on weekends if it's some kind of leisure thing or whatever versus weekdays that are at work. I mean, there's a lot of parameters and things that even Facebook tells you that you can do to maximize your ads and the efficiency of your ads as opposed to say, you know, like living stuff all the time of the day, you know? So one of the things that the big advertisers do is they say, okay, we're gonna put a million dollars in ads and we're gonna shower entire planet with this product and then let's see what happens. That's fine, they have the money. When you have limited money, like I said, it's like, 
It's like putting flyers on the parking lot and other any person's windshield. You don't fucking know. But who the that's fuck not is. what you're doing. Well, with, with that theory on Facebook, that's basically what you're no, doing. No, you you're don't understand. Do this, your this is the thing. You're, it's the algorithm. So the algorithm knows what people like and don't like. Okay, so if you're advertising... It knows just as much as you do in the beginning. No, I'm telling you. Because it knows who likes what. So if you're selling a snack product, it's going to show that ad to other people on Facebook who have bought snack products before. Yes. Okay, because that person's much more likely to buy. Okay, so the, and but it's going to show it to people all over the country, not just in one specific so you, area. In so your, in your experience then, the algorithm learns just as much by trying to sample 300 million people than trying to sample 3 million people. Yeah, and it learns more. Yeah. It learns more, but it takes more time at your expense. Not necessarily. Okay, well, yes, necessarily. I mean, it's like no. if I tell you, uh, decipher this password that is four digits versus decipher this password that is 10 digits, yeah, you have an algorithm that might be able to do it, but it's going to take much longer when you have 10-digit combinations versus four. Four, you have 10,000. 10, you have like trillions. So, but so you're artificially limiting yourself for no reason to to some random geographic area that you have no idea if that's the best geographic area for you. Oh yes, okay. Like I said, it depends on the particular product. Um, if I'm advertising, you know, um, like I said, food products, gourmet foods, which is exactly what we're doing now. And we're advertising gourmet food products for a particular audience that is more or less affluent. They have a certain income level. Uh, men or women, it doesn't matter. But they have to be maybe 30 plus because they are the ones who look into food that is more quality, whatever. And um, and we can go to basically the entire country of Spain versus limited to a major city, which we're familiar with and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm going to start with a major city that has already like 4 million people versus going to a country with 60 million. Yeah, but in that case, you're talking about a, a company that as a storefront in that city mm. and offers Which, local delivery, okay? And they're trying to be, they're doing a strategy of trying to be one of the, uh, I'm trying not to give details, but like basically one of no, the, a, a, a brand name within that city. No. And that's totally great. If you want to go with that strategy, that's totally great. No, but, but that for a lot of e-commerce products doesn't apply. Basically. No, but it applies pretty good because with double the budget, we'll be able to go to two major cities, not just one. Okay, but if we have a limited budget, that limited budget could go a long way if you target a major Listen, metro area. Let's versus, move on. No, the, the I mean, answer is test shit. Okay, the truth is you have no idea what works with uh, digital marketing. Nobody does. Okay, you have to test things. Okay, and the best way to do it is to let the algorithm work and then see what works and what doesn't. So then, if you have basically, uh, you know, if all of a sudden I'm running ads for a certain product and I see that people in Miami are buying at three times the conversion rate of other cities, okay, well then I'll set up a campaign just for Miami for whatever reason. Maybe it's a certain. Uh, I don't know, fishing product, and people in Miami love that product. I have no idea, right? So so then you can do that. But I'm saying go broad. Let the algorithm tell you what works because it gives okay, you very so, detailed so analytics let's just wrap about it up. I agree. age groups, geographies, okay. interests. Because it's not just geography, right? It'll tell you these age groups, the gender, I understand. But this let me, interest group. Then you can target those people. Let's just wrap it up for a second. So so we started with the premise that a client has a limited budget. Let's just say that it was 5000 and uh, so, which basically goes to 160 bucks a day or whatever for advertising. So, in your opinion, you can spend 160 bucks a day 
advertising to potentially 300 when you go go your selection of audiences and people and all that stuff and facebook said oh you're targeting this and estimated these clicks and blah blah and uh so with 160 bucks a day you can basically reach 300 million people every day for a month and and right but obviously it'd be pretty good it depends because in the beginning you have no uh built up because obviously once you have that once you have more data, then you do retargeting, advertising. You can do no, no. I understand. I'm just talking you, about you the start. Expand. Well, yeah. Once we have more data, we obviously apply what we learned yeah. to everything. But for the that's my philosophy. I, the f- I rather target a smaller place. For the first couple sample. weeks, um, yeah. And for the first few weeks, you're just in data gathering mode, and you just need to get a bunch of data, and then you can look at the analytics, and then you can find. Okay, but your but you're saying what you're saying is that you can be competitive as far as ranking advertising impressions and everything with 150 bucks a day and be able to advertise your product or your whatever you're advertising to the entire country, basically to 300 million people. Yeah, but you're not be, advertising 300 million people. Okay. You're advertising to whatever your money is going to get you based on that CPM. Well, I understand, but that's the thing. So, so, so if you spend 150 bucks so a day at $15 CPM, you'll get 10,000 people, basically. Okay, right. Okay. But those 10,000 people are spread out ge- geographically. Yeah, okay. So, so uh, which means that you have the money, after you get those 10,000 people, your ads will stop showing up, stop displaying. You run out of daily budget. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's what CPM same. is for. Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah. I understand. So, so in your, in your, uh, with your theory, and I'm not saying it's good or bad, that's your, just your technique. You could be like, kind of a, like a coach, basically. You have your own playbook. But with your technique, you say that, you prefer to reach 10,000 people worldwide, I mean, uh, nationwide, and then even if your ads stop displaying three hours after the Well, that's of the not day. how Facebook works. Facebook spreads it out through the day. It's well, not like Google the, okay, Ads, where the, Google, Amazon does the same thing, right? Amazon would just go based on its cost per click, right? So then once you get a certain amount of clicks, you run out of budget. Exactly. Facebook doesn't do that. Facebook spreads it out well, through I the understand. day. You Facebook s- will advertise. So like, for example, if the algorithm notices that at... Uh, 11 o'clock at night, people tend to buy your products more than other times of the day. It will spend more at yeah, that time but, at night. But so the algorithm be, does that but stuff. But you're talking when they already know they're buying the product. Nobody's going to buy the product the first time they see an ad at 10 in the morning. They're going to buy, they're going to see the product, they're going to have to see the ad five, six times repeatedly to buy something. So, Sometimes. I mean, you have experience with ads right, and everything that do, I see. Re, that's why you do retargeting, re-engagement campaigns. That's down the road. Exactly. Yeah, that's down the road. But again, in the beginning, the first campaign, brand new yeah, client. The first campaign, your goal is we have no data. We need to get data. It's very simple. Right. So then you spend your 10,000 people that are going to do the, the the CPM, basically, you said. You say, okay, I'm going to run the ads all over the country, and then they're going to be displaying I mean, major cities or whatever, anywhere, and they're gonna people are gonna see the ad either see it once a day and then it disappears until the day after. They will not be able to see it anymore because basically you you don't have the budget for that. And you think that is better than you target a six million people yes. area that see the ad maybe three four times. They see it in the morning, maybe they see it in the afternoon, can, maybe at night they can click on it. No, because they're not gonna see it that many times either. Well, you have fewer people seeing it; they're gonna see it. All right. Well. Um, We'll leave it there, and uh, we'll continue with this conversation later. But I wanted to kind of come back with uh, a little more on the on the uh, AdWords side. We'll okay. take a quick break. All right, all right. Welcome back, um, David. And I don't quite agree on how we run the Facebook campaigns. I think we what, agree. What I wanted to finish, what I thought on the break, the <laughs> point I was trying, that I didn't say that to make it clear, the point of advertising on Facebook is not to spend five thousand dollars a month. 
the goal is to spend fifty, a hundred thousand dollars a month. Well, yeah. But you have to get there. Right. And how you get there is through scaling. And the art of scaling ads on Facebook is is truly an art. And it's very difficult. And there's people who are very good at it who get paid a lot to do it, right? And how you do it is by going more broad and then refining and then making more content catered to specific audiences and well, going over time. I agree 100% the with that. The goal is not to stay at 5000 a month. The goal is to grow over time, but it takes time to get there. And the only way you're going to get there is by getting as much data as possible. I understand. And I agree with that. Uh, but, you know, the premise that we have was basically a customer only has 5000 So right. I don't think... But, but they have 5000 because they to don't start have money with, now. Right. To right? start with. But Obviously, everybody... If you, if you take that 5000 and consistently turn it into 15 for them, then they can have more budget. And then they can say, okay, let's go to 10. Sure. No, I understand. 20. As the results come, the customers feel comfortable. You give them like a, a ROAS of a 5, 6, 7 to 1. They're gonna well, say, that's insane. Okay, whatever. At you a know, high level, I mean, that's insane. You can do that with a, with a smaller amount, but... You're not going to spend 50 grand a month and get 5x ROAS. No, I mean, well, it depends, on, it depends on the product. I mean, we got more than that in some cases. I mean, we've seen advertising. Not on 50 grand a month? No, no, no not on 50. Not on 50. Obviously, not on 50. But we had advertisers in the hospitality industry that were getting 10 to 1. Yeah, I've, I've done campaigns where we're spending five grand a month and gotten 5x. Right. But, uh, but that well, it, 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 there's a lot of diminishing returns. We already know that. There's a, there's some saturation in the market where, where your market is limited, whatever it's limited to 300 million or 30 million. At some point, your market already knows about you, so you can right. only grow so much. So I understand that. Uh, it's just, honestly, I mean, it's, it's, like a, it's like a game plan. It's like a playbook. Maybe your playbook works well. I know I play with my playbook and it's, the it's, ge the it's geographic works great too it's just a it's a different strategy so if you're right exactly so like in the case of that new client for us of the where they actually have a storefront and they offer local deliveries i agree they should focus on that city because then they can be a, the one of the main gourmet food companies for that city and then they can expand beyond that Right, and that makes sense in that case. But if you're just selling like a clothing product or more of a generic whatever, like I mean, look at all these DTC companies that sell mattresses or glasses or clothes. These are like generic products that anybody in the country would buy, you know? And so in that case, going broad is the better approach. That's what I'm saying. It's a different approach. I'm not sure it depends on what better nobody or worse. Cares about, also seen nobody cares about being the mattress king of phoenix you know what no, i mean no 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 it's that's but not the being thing. a food uh it's, it's the equivalent vendor in a, a, a more local campaign is the equivalent of a focus group when you do a focus group you try to get a sample of people that represent a variety of the population but, and, but and, and companies with focus groups oh, hold on a second let me finish and you do a focus group where you say okay i'm gonna have a sample of 20 people or whatever when they test the product get the feedback and then we do a better right but why do stuff. a focus group that's limited based on geography you get a focus group that's based on the whole country yes but again it's that's a better of, focus it, but it's because of the cost and i wanted to transition to this for example the 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 uh but the cost is actually higher the more you refine that's what i'm saying on facebook the more you limit yes they actually charge you more well so on certain ads where i'm very i mean they'll charge me 40 50 cpms on certain uh, audience groups. Whereas if I go super broad, it might be uh, 12 bucks. Right. You but know? at the so same time, again, you're that's, limiting. Well, that's the discussion that we had before. It's like, yeah, if I say I want to leave this flyer in a, for investment advice to everybody in a parking lot at a shopping mall, they're going to say, oh yeah, go ahead and do that. Now, if I want to get a flyer in person to 
peers of people with this income that are coming out of this healthy, wealthy restaurant and they are all investors, whatever, then maybe they're going to say, no, we're not going to, we're going to charge you more. Of course, because you are, you are targeting your audience, you know, into a more narrow audience. But let's move on from that because I wanted just to compare rates between the two major advertisers or advertising platforms, which is Google and uh, on Facebook, obviously. So the CPM, we're talking about the CPM, and this is just uh, for informational purposes because that's also the buying power, which is another thing that we're, we're discussing sometimes. Like, you know, the budget needs to adjust it's no different than inflation for us or going to a grocery store. You go to a grocery store with 100 bucks maybe two years ago and you could buy a number of things. And today you say, shoot, there's $200 or 100 I cannot buy as much as you used to. You know, So with Facebook, for example, uh, back in January, this is January 2020. This is pre-pandemic, okay, exactly a year ago. Uh, the CPM or cost per 1,000 impressions was $8.59. $8 okay, that's the average. Um, it went up to 9.97, about $1 in February. Then the pandemic started when it, not started, but that's when it was declared a pandemic in March of 2020. Keep in mind, though, that uh, CPMs vary by month. So January is just normally right. a low month. No, obviously there's fluctuations depending right, like on November, the November, December is much higher. Right, obviously, yeah, understood. So, so, but the point is that the CPM in March went down to 790 when everybody panicked and and we we knew that because everybody pulled out the advertising until the water sell and they realized, okay, we're gonna spend the money. And then when buying online became the norm or more, you know, to grow over going to retail stores for one because they were closed and people were confined, then Facebook realized, okay, we're having much more advertising now from stores or people that normally wouldn't advertise on Facebook. So the trend after March went from 790 in March, and I'm not, I'm not going to go month by month, but just for perspective, it went from $7.90 CPM in March to December 2020, which is basically now two months ago, uh, $16.27. So that's a 120% increase in the CPM. So what that translates to is that if you had a budget of X amount of money per month on your Facebook advertising campaign, and you were going for impressions, let's say that you don't even care about conversions or whatever, you just wanna put your ad there to advertise your brand. We're brand new, we do this and whatever. Now your impressions would be about less than half what we used to getting back in March for the same money. So that's just the acquisition or the power of the buying power that your ads will have, you know, as as time goes by. And that's one thing that also um, we relate to our clients saying, you know, your budget being fixed when the cost of goods, in this case, impressions is not fixed, your your acquisition will be decreasing because obviously impressions translate into click-throughs and click-throughs translate into conversions. So with fewer impressions, then things will just kind of taper down, you know, uh, exponentially, you know, as you go down. Uh, by comparison, that's, that's CPM for Facebook. Now, the cost per click on Facebook is, um, uh, as of now, is about 120, okay? So that's basically when people know the impression, which is just showing the ad. The click is when people actually do click on the ad. That's what, how much is the average for Facebook. Um, right now is 121. And again, just for perspective, it was 72 cents in March. So it's increased not as much, about 50% or so. Now, moving on to Google, okay? And, and this is where we also have the... Um, the um, sometimes where you put your money, basically what is best, and obviously it depends on the product. But Google, um, the um, 
uh, cost per click average for all industries, and Google has a little more of a separation depending on the industry, but for all industries across the board, the um, cost per click was 269. So that's actually more than twice what is for Facebook. But that makes sense. Huh? But it makes sense because Google is intent-based. Right, exactly. So somebody's literally saying, Clicks. I want this. Exactly, exactly. With Facebook, you're just putting stuff in front of people's faces. Right, and it's more of a, yeah, exactly. Google searches are more intent-based versus Google, I mean, Facebook and social media is usually more interest-based. Um, when people click on social media, they click to see what's going on, whatever, but it's not necessarily that they're searching for something. It's more of a curiosity theme more than actually I'm searching for apartments in San Diego or something and then you are searching proactively and then you click so you pay more so uh, but that's part of the part of the type of advertising you do so uh, for perspective obviously the uh, the um, most expensive uh, rate uh, the, again that's the cost per click for for search when it comes to display for Google is way way cheaper it's like only 63 cents so that's the banner advertising Google banner advertising is is more of a branding effort so you know some people click on the bed and the ads or something yeah. but they come yeah. with that too so many people have ad blockers right exactly yeah it's more of a billboard effect it's almost like uh you know you drive on the freeway you see a billboard there's nothing you can do you maybe cause an impression but it's not and uh, that's why the cost uh for those is much more or much lower but it's interesting that uh uh for google we said the average um cost per click for all industries across the board is 269 but um, you have uh, rates that are as high as 6.40, okay, $6.40 for consumer services. And then you have other rates that are uh, much lower, like $1.16 for e-commerce, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, advocacy. Well, it's what people are willing to bid. Right. So if I'm a consumer services is like if you're a plumber or right. whatever, and I'm willing to bid 6 bucks because if you're searching for plumbing, on Google, that means you probably have something that needs to be <laughs> yeah. fixed right now. Right, right. And it's gonna, and I'm, if I'm a plumber, and uh, it's, I'm gonna make a thousand bucks in a job. I'll spend six bucks on that click. If you're right. an e-commerce product selling for thirty bucks, you obviously can't spend that. Exactly. So it's, and uh, and in in an industry like where an, another one that's really high, I think is uh, like law services. Yeah, law it's services. Like Seven dollars. Legal is almost seventy six seventy five, yeah. and there's keywords there like. But, fuck they, they get one client they put you on retainer they make so much money exactly they don't care. exactly and and one industry that we're very familiar with like travel and hospitality is pretty much less than average is 150 153 that was 2020 numbers 153 for yeah um, well, i think 2020 numbers are probably skewed exactly it's just not normally it's higher but obviously people were not searching for travel in 2020 because nobody could go anywhere so that number usually travel and hospitality is Kind of average, like it'll be more like 260, 270 as, as we start going. For me, going. This, you know, the thing with Google ads or search ads, um, they're great, but they're just limited because um, you're just limited to the amount of people that are searching for whatever. And there's no uh, differentiating factor. You right. just one of four links on a page that are paid, you know, and you're just trying to have good copies so people click on it. But right you don't have there's no branding on a google search term you know there's no and you're just competing so that even if you find the problem is even if you find an arbitrage a lot of times or maybe some long tail keyword is cheaper a lot of times people will find that and then they bid it up and it's not cheap anymore yeah so that's kind of it's fine it's good because if if 
listen, again, it's about the return. So if you can get, generate a 4X return on your uh, Google search ads, do it. Hey, all day long, I'll turn $1 into four all day long. But it gets hard because the market adjusts, you know, and if there's right. an arbitrage, other people are going to find that arbitrage too. And, and the other factor is... And that it's limited on the upside, with, you know. With Google, it depends on what you're looking for. Like you're selling products. We said last... Uh, last week or two weeks ago, that Amazon is the great, right. the greatest search engine, and also social media is very good for products. I mean, when you're selling a product that is uh, specific, you know, for particular use, whatever it is, like uh, electronics, whatever, you can also advertise on social media and be you put it in front of faces. There was a number recently that said uh, I forget who it was from, and I thought it was low, where they said that 15% of all e-commerce purchases are now uh, basically directly because of. Um, like influencers, mm -hmm. I actually think that's low because they're not able to track the real number. Yeah. Like that was like, I think 15% of like, oh, this person clicked on an influencer's link or whatever. Mm -hmm. If I had to guess, I would guess that more than a quarter of all e-commerce spend is now oh, yeah. directly through influencers. We, we did a podcast on the influencers and we may have to do another one in a week or two weeks or so to, to go more into the specific numbers because the influencer marketing is increased and when a lot, I say especially for micro-influencers and, the, and the, not the major stars. Right, but and when the, I say influencer, I don't mean just like your traditional like, oh, Instagram model or whatever. Right. I mean like YouTubers, bloggers, exactly, exactly. people on Twitter, your friend on Instagram. People with an audience, basically. Literally, like anything where you're buying because of the social... Uh, viewing that others have bought mm -hmm. it yeah other you know? other user generated content in general that is talking about your product yeah. or promoting if someone your puts on their story reviews wearing like a certain product i mean i think if you take all that it's way more than 15 percent right so so again we're talking about google and google is is like you said it's intent based and it's, it's very good for some searches uh like if you're searching for like you said a like lawyer or something gonna pay dearly for that search but you're looking for something specific for a situation. You're not going to see the lawyer thing. Maybe later on in retargeting or something, you may see the ad on Facebook or something, but it's not something that you like to see an ad for a lawyer out of nowhere. You know, So now for products, Amazon is the king, and then right. social media does very well. For other things, obviously, Google is better, but um, Google is still is the, um, I mean, in fact, I think last week they declared uh, revenues, and they were doing very well. I mean, I think... That, Going from memory, but I think they say that the the ad revenue increased by forty percent or something in the last quarter, which also says that advertisers are getting back into the advertising mode after this pandemic, um, you know, idle time that a lot of people had, you know, a lot of companies had as far as advertising. But just to just to recap, because we are kind of running out of time. Um, so Facebook advertising is is a major, obviously, it's one of the major, and but the main thing is. Plan your campaigns for a long term. I mean, if if any agency tells you, oh, we can run a campaign for two weeks and it'll be great. Fa uh, Facebook is the hardest yeah. to succeed at because it has the most variables. You know, with, with a Google search, it's a Google search. You know, as long as your title and, and description is fine, you know, you're going to get clicks. Facebook's hard because you have to be creative. You need the content. But the benefit of Facebook is it's the hardest, but it's also the most scalable. If you can make it work, you can go from 5,000 a month to 100,000 a month. You can't do that with Google ads. You know, there's just a search with Google ads or Amazon ads, same thing. Like Amazon, it's like you're limited by the number of people searching. So there's 5,000 people searching a month for this. That's it. So once, even if you spend so much that you're literally on every search result page for all 5,000, mm -hmm. that's it. There's 5,000 right. a month. With Facebook, you can go into 
basically infinite people. But again, basically that's that's more of a having a long-term plan. You cannot just say, oh, let's try this, let's try that. There's no such thing as as half as testing. That's basically the bottom line. And and Facebook has very good tools too. I mean, they, they have the A-B testing and all these things that you can test and they tell you. But Facebook needs data, like you said. And uh, sometimes when you do A-B testing, they tell you, oh, we don't have a declare winner sometimes because we, we, we had insufficient data. We didn't have enough data to, to show this. So, um, but whatever advertising, paid advertising campaign or marketing plan you have, don't plan for just a month. I mean, plan, uh, ideally do a, at least a six-month plan and then reassess because that way you allow yourself or your advertising agency to do all the testing. Trust me, I don't know how the other agencies work, but we do where uh, we act as fiduciary agents for your money. We try to make you as much money as possible, but at the same time, we, we need to learn from what Facebook learns and Google learns to be able to maximize your return on investment or advertising spend in this case. And... Uh, so it's important that we have a little more of a long um, span to to play, to try to plant the seeds in different places and see how they're still tr- starting to grow to get to that point, like you said, to get the the five thousand to ten thousand to fifteen thousand with with a return investment that is going to be significant for your business. So, um, any other uh, closing points, uh, David? No, I think we covered it. So you stick it to um, Tampa or Kansas oh, City? Oh, I mean, if I had to put my money on it, I would go Kansas City, but. I'll root for Tampa Bay. Okay, I I, um, I don't care about rooting. I just will hope it's a good game. I'll be watching some of the uh, maybe I'll some of the commercials. I'll be watching it honestly. I mean, I'm not a big Super Bowl. No, player, no, I don't do the same thing. I mean, I just kind of uh, Super Bowl is first of all is super long. Um, I don't even know who the halftime show is this year. Do you? It's the weekend. Oh, okay. I actually like the weekend. I, I yeah. normally I don't watch any yeah, halftime yeah, yeah. Super Bowl stuff. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I actually like the weekend. I thought they made a good choice. Okay, okay, good, good. Um, yeah, I was kind of wondering if they were going to have that with sometimes with no spectators. I mean, obviously, for, but they have, they have people. So, all right. Well, guys, that's it for today. Thank you for um, staying with us. And um, we'll have a great weekend. Enjoy the uh, Super Bowl if you like it. And then we'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye.